0: This is Move Out Loud, a Galden production. We've teamed up with Nike to take you, our community, on a journey of self-discovery using sport and movement as our springboard. This week, I'm joined by the incredible Nike athlete, Alice Deering. She's the first black female swimmer to represent Great Britain at the Olympic Games. Yes! Alice also co-founded the Black Swimming Association in 2020 aiming to be the voice of diversity in swimming. Her hopes are to encourage swimming among black and ethnic minority communities in Britain across all levels of skill so wait no longer welcome alice how are you doing welcome to the podcast
1: i'm good thanks how are you doing
0: i am good yeah i'm in good spirits today actually which is nice i'm happy to see you and happy for you to be here loving your hair
1: thanks oh they're on their last legs honestly don't look at the roots don't look at the
0: roots (laughs) (laughs) it's all right i can't see them from here it's all good You have such an extraordinary list of achievements. It's honestly so, so inspiring hearing your story. And I literally just feel super proud of you to be honest. So it's really lovely to have you here. In June, 2021, you qualified to represent Great Britain in the 2020 Olympics and became the first black female swimmer to represent Great Britain in the Olympic games. Like what a title.
1: So yeah, it's kind of mad Like looking back on it. I've never been really sure about things in life, especially when it comes to my own personal achievements. I'm the first person to doubt myself and my biggest critic as well. But I just wanted to qualify. I stood on the start line and I was like, I've got to do this. I've got to do this. I'm going to do this. And like everything kind of builds to a point And then you just stood there and it goes silent before they set you off. And I just I felt sure it sounds really arrogant. It's re- I'm really not normally like that. I just, I had to do it. I had to do it.
0: Nice. That's like pure self-confidence. I mean, yeah, you've got to have some of that. And even if like at points, you know, if you're not feeling it, you just fake it till you make it. I want to start off by saying happy Black History Month for all of our UK listeners. Speaking of absolute black excellence, by the way, can we just appreciate the beauty of your recent shoot for Wonderland, Mag and Nike London? That was amazing. You looked so stunning.
1: It was so good. It was such a good day. It was a dream come true. And I worked with Tony Blaze as well. I don't know much about fashion and I didn't at the time. And then I, I like looked into her background and I was like, this is a superstar. I feel like everyone pulled out the stops for me and I'm so grateful for it. The picture of me in the yellow dress is my favourite picture of myself.
0: It's. It's like so arty and conceptual. I'd love to know what the theme behind it was. Like what was, was there was any like artistic process behind it?
1: Yes. So I was told there was like a historical element. So they got me stood on like a on like a Greek plinth, kind of like one of the columns. And the, the idea behind that is that black people aren't shown in history like that. And I've made, like, a part of history. They, they wanted to express me like that. And, uh, I, yeah, I'm down for it. That's so cool. It's such a nice picture. The one of me in the, like, kind of fishtail dress was just, like, I guess, like, mermaid, like, in my element in the water. Every outfit change represented something different in myself and brought out a side of myself that I didn't know existed. So it's just, yeah, I really, it was a really, really cool shoot. I think about it a lot. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I can imagine. It looked amazing. Super impressed. It must have been really fun to be on set as well. It was just all of the costumes and everything that went into it. I could really see that just from looking from the outside. So you are an open water swimmer. I actually did dip my toes into swimming a little bit in my youth all pun intended there <laughs> I was just <laughs> laughing about that joke for a while but here we go <laughs> so yeah I did actually relate a little bit when I've been hearing you talking in the past about going swimming before school super early mornings just big up to all the parents out there with those early morning drop-offs like 100% I obviously didn't make it as far as you, is in a complete understatement. Um, I dropped out pretty soon, I think as soon as I started school. Like, the dedication that you have was just amazing. Do you know why you dropped out? I moved into high diving, actually. I wanted, yeah, because I did like gymnastics. And I did gymnastics and swimming. And then I was like... I'm a bit of an adrenaline junkie as well. So I kind of just wanted to combine, combine the two. But swimming is amazing. I used, to, I used to love it as a kid. But obviously for, I'm still a rookie. I would love to know uh, if you could break down the difference between like open water swimming and uh, the regular indoor pool swimming, which is like what I did.
1: Yeah, so open water swimming is it's typically longer distances. So the shortest that you can compete at in like an elite level like international teams is five kilometers and the longest is 25 and in the middle sits the 10k which is the olympic event it's the only open water event that they do at the olympics it's the 10k marathon swim the 25 is called an ultra marathon and i guess you'd call the 5k a half marathon and yeah the big difference major you're outdoors you're in a lake a river a sea wherever there's a sensible open body of water i've you'll you'll swim in it and it is amazing, it does, you are in touch with nature. I feel like it's a lot more natural in terms of like, this is how we're kind of meant to swim, rather than being in like a chlorinated pool. And don't get me wrong, I absolutely love my swimming pools. I basically train year round in a swimming pool. 98% of the sessions I do are done in a pool, but then my competitions all done in open water. And that's mainly because it gets too cold to swim in Britain in open water. It's too cold for me anyway. Some people be like, it's not too cold for me. It's too much for me
0: yeah which one do you prefer then
1: i prefer open water racing than pool racing i've just gotten so accustomed to open water racing it's kind of you turn up typically for me anyway because i only do the 10k or sometimes i'll do the relay event but you turn up you do your 10k and you go home whereas with pool racing it's like you might have three or four events over a week and it's kind of like a bit of a roller coaster It's little things like, we don't normally do a swimming warm-up for an open water race. We just do as much land prep as possible and then get in and swim. Because in our minds, you know, you've got 10k to warm up. Some people do warm up and get in, but personally, I don't like to. I just kind of like, I'll go from the start. Whereas a pool competition, there's absolutely no way that I'm swimming an event without warming up. It's just me being my lazy tourist self.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love that. I mean... For some reason, I do have a big fear of open water. I guess it's like the feeling of like the unknown and how like mad unpredictable I'm sure it could be. So in my twisted mind, I'm really eager to hear what some of like the worst things that you've experienced about open water.
1: Okay, I don't want to put anyone off on open water swimming with this. (laughs) Disclaimer, I still do it to this day. I've had these experiences. I'm still going to get in and do it again. Yeah, my first experience with open water was probably the worst experience I've ever had. For context, I was like 15 years old. It was my first time ever in open water And it was a 10K marathon, like, straight off the bat. And I I had no idea what I was doing. I was just like, I thought it was fun. I thought it was a holiday. They took us out to Portugal. I was like, oh, I'm going to Portugal for free. Look at me. And uh, Now, honestly, reality checked me hard that day and humbled me a lot. But I, I managed to finish this race, but it was about 14 degrees, I weighed about 45 kilograms at the time. I didn't, I don't think I had much body fat on me and all muscle. I was just kind of like skid and bones. <laughs> so I got out and was like, "Yep, yeah, never doing that again. I'm good. Thank you. See you later. And they were like, oh no, like you finished the race. We want to take you to European juniors where it's only a 5k. So it's half the distance and it's warmer. You're in Turkey. And I was like, oh, wait, a free trip to Turkey. Okay. <laughs> okay
0: you, you oh, should have man. learned from the last time that you knew it wasn't just a free trip
1: <laughs> honestly I went to Turkey and then I had another horrible experience on my second time it was it, there was loads of jellyfish
0: and on oh a train. my gosh yeah. my no. biggest fear yeah. I'm not even joking that is my biggest fear that is wild
1: yeah honestly it was like finding Nemo and it sounds like I'm <gasps> exaggerating but I'm genuinely not at one point we just swam into this massive like school or shawl of them and it was like everywhere you turned, there were jellyfish and they were touched like you could touch obviously touch the tops but then the bottom stings and some of them were stinging you some of them you were just and I was freaking I
0: was oh, screaming my gosh did you just go straight through or did you just stop and freak out
1: So I stopped and freaked out and then we were all together as a group thankfully and bless him this boy his his name's Caleb he was like Alice just sit on my feet I'll drag you out of this and like I just like I sat on his feet and was like swimming behind him and he was like clearing the way for me and I felt quite bad all of the staff yeah honestly that all of the staff were on land Then they were like Alice get out and then everyone else went
0: off and kept Oh going. no, they just dropped you off because you are freaking out.
1: It was really funny because I thought everybody else was freaking out as much as me. And then I realised, I was like, oh, I, I was the dramatic one. Anyway, I think I raced like two days after that and I ended up winning my race. I, I, like I became European Junior Champion and it's just, it's a bit wild because I was there. I was like, I think I swam in the sea like once before I raced. And it was my first time swimming in the sea full stop actually. so
0: Full stop. I mean like like wow that's amazing so sort of like swimming back I'd love to know your earliest memories of water so was it always was it swimming on holiday
1: I remember when I was learning to swim when it was about four or five again I was at like a swimming lesson in the small pool at the local swimming club at, at the local pool sorry and um I had I don't know if they still use them but I had these like discs I don't know if anyone remembers them. they were like armband discs that were like floats. And they, I had like four or five. It's
0: just really uncomfortable. Like when you can't put your, your arms down, you're like a T-shape. Yeah,
1: a noodle, a noodle. Like most teachers use noodles now. But I remember I had like them they're all stacked at my arm and the teacher started to take them off. And I looked at my mum like, what is she doing? Why is she touching my discs? And my mum was like, oh, you can do it, you can do it. And I was like, but yeah, I eventually obviously learned to swim. I, there was one stage that I couldn't pencil jump properly into the pool. I'd always like bend my legs or something stupid. Like I I was just a bit afraid of jumping in, I guess. And my mum got fed up of me resetting the same stage. So she took me to the public swim and was like, you're going to jump in. (laughs) You're going to jump to me and you're going to be fine.
0: The time is now. (laughs) I've had enough.
1: And I jumped into her and then I was like, oh my God, that was so fun. Let's do it again. And I kept doing it again. And I remember when I went back to the session and it was like, I felt like it's my time to shine. I like, had my tails curled over the edge and I did it properly. And I remember looking at the teacher and I saw it tick it off on the board.
0: Nice. So how did you go from that, all, all those sort of like swimming lessons as a kid? How did you sort of transition to where you are now? Like move from student to athlete, I suppose.
1: Yeah, man, it has been a journey. So I f- first got into competitive swimming when I was eight years old then competitive when I was nine. Kind of just... Got better and better, realised that I was, like, decent at it, but never to the point that I was, like, could thought a career or the Olympics or anything, like, I've achieved at the moment could come from it. It was just always about getting to the next stage. So I qualified for counties when I was nine, regionals when I was 10, nationals when I was 11... And then, just every time, I was like, "Okay, let's—we're at this stage. We're at nationals. Let's try and make British champs. Let's try and make a team. Let's try. Let's try and go to European Juniors." That's—that's that's all it was about for me. It was just looking at the next step. I never had this overarching Olympic dream because I honestly thought it was unach- unachievable, unattainable. Everything like I just didn't, and not—not not because. I didn't think there was people like me or anything like that. But I saw the athletes that get to that level and saw the dedication and hard work that goes into it and thought, oh, I don't have that in me. I was like, I'm not I'm not that kind of person, you know, I'm I'm not that dedicated. But I guess I've proved myself wrong.
0: I was just about to say you've even proved yourself wrong, which is amazing. So I'd love if you could talk to me about your relationship with Nike and how that came about. How did the partnership influence your path in swimming in any way?
1: I've been dying to do this. I need to give a shout out to Galden because like, this this will make sense. This will make sense. But basically in 2019, when I first was like, I want to tell my story, my friend sent me that Galden was commissioning pieces. And I really just wanted to write something. I honestly didn't think it was going to be about myself. I tried to think of something compelling enough to write a story about and then I was I kind of found myself back at myself and it sounds really arrogant but I just couldn't think of anything else and I was like I might as well tell my story and I can't remember who I was in contact with but I sent my story to someone and they were really excited by it and I wrote it up and then they edited it and it went out and I've
0: read it it's fab. honestly
1: it's setting to chain a whole motion of events that I would never have imagined so I really got to give a big shout out to Galden because if it wasn't for you and your platform I wouldn't be working with Nike I wouldn't have met my agent I wouldn't have I wouldn't have been living the life that I'm living so platforms like that that give um sorry I'm getting a bit emotional Aww. over it because <laughs> um a Wish platform I could give like that yeah the screen hug oh sorry so yeah anyway I wrote that piece and it had a It went a lot further than I expected it to. To be honest, I didn't really expect anyone to care or to want to hear more. And my agent, who I didn't know at the time, but he messaged me and was basically like, I'm an agent, do you want to meet up? And I was like, okay, I don't really need one. I really don't know where this is going to go. Like, but whatever and I met up with him and I was sat there being like oh yeah I can help you with like your agency I can do social media for you and stuff not really clocking on to the fact that he actually like wanted to kind of represent me in a commercial aspect it's just quite funny when I look back on it and yeah so I, he sent me this contract like the next day and I was like what have I got to lose you know like I haven't got anything going for me anyway I might as well sign it and hopefully he can like hustle up something for me And, yeah, kind of off the back of that, I think we started talking to Nike Swim, started doing some more things with them. And, yeah, eventually, like, Nike were like, yeah, we want to sign Alice. And I was like, I was like, this is a dream. It was one of those things where I remember saying to my agent when we sat down for, like, the second time I was meeting him. And he was like, who do you want to work with? And I was like, I mean, Nike would be cool. I mean, they like, I don't know how we're going to get to that point, but... You know, you can try and I just, you know, you just kind of say things. I, I honestly didn't think it would happen. And yeah, it, it's literally all because of that piece that I wrote. And obviously that, there's more to it than that. Like I did more bits in the media and I was, that would have helped grow my profile in a sense. But if it wasn't for that opportunity to initially write my story, I wouldn't be sat here. And it's gone
0: full circle. It's the domino effect, isn't it? Of just one little chain of events and you just put yourself out there and you didn't even know where it was going to go. And everything has just fallen into place after that. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really proud of you. I keep saying it again. It's amazing. So going back to your incredible title of first black female swimmer to represent great britain in the olympic games like i literally cannot hear that enough so i'm sure you've heard the misconception about black people don't swim which is something we've all heard many a time. Totally fake news, in my opinion, and you're definitely breaking that myth either way. So I'm interested to know your thoughts on why there aren't many well-known black swimmers or people of colour in swimming in general.
1: It's what that, that brutal thing of representation, you know, for a lot of people in a lot of walks of life. If, if you can't see it, you can't be it. And it's hard to look at a sport which doesn't have people like you who, or who look like you Stood on start line and think, oh yeah, I'm, I'm going to go do that. Oh, that's that's meant for me. I've been watching a lot of athletics recently, like the Commonwealth Games, Europeans, and Worlds, and I was looking at it and I was like, I totally get it. And I don't, I'm not trying to put black people in a certain position. We can do anything that we want. We can swim, we can row, we can cycle, we can run, whatever. But if you've got a nine-year-old girl or boy sat there watching the swimming at the Olympics and then the athletics at the Olympics. I mean, sadly, one of them is going to be a bit more dominant in their mind, purely based on representation, and it's going to be athletics. We have had like a growth in representation, definitely at the elite level. You know, myself, Ali Atkinson, Simone Manuel, Cullen Jones, Ariana Vanderpool-Wallace. There's also a really amazing Canadian athlete called Joshua Luendo-Edwards, and he's making some serious waves. He, like, he did really well at Commonwealth Games. I watched him and I was like, hey! That there are there are more of us coming up and through but I guess it's not to the point where it's equal or even near the representation of athletics and I'm not saying we'll we, we'll get to that point we may never but it's the point where I'm like oh there's a black person stood behind the block where I'm like oh there's a, yeah Where it's like I perk up a bit I still do it now I did it when I was younger I'll do it I'll do it to this day and I'm just looking forward to the day where I don't perk up where it's just like oh you know they're yeah, swimming yeah, it's, totally. it's not not to, not to be flippant about those achievements it's just it would be nice to get to the point where it doesn't matter where it doesn't matter that, that I'm black and it's really ironic to say that because I've literally kind of I'm speaking about my experiences as a black woman in swimming that is that is how I frame my identity in the media and everything else around it is that I'm a black woman in swimming one day it'll just be nice to be nice to be like oh yeah, yeah. I'm a black woman and I swim. Or I swim and I'm a black woman. Like, it doesn't have to intertwine the two, but it is important at this point because a lot of black people don't swim regularly. I don't know how, like, I don't know the percentages around how many who can't swim, but in terms of those who don't swim regularly, it's 95% of black adults and 85% of black children in England don't swim regularly. And, you know, wow. you hear these stereotypes of bone density, that we can't float in water, mm. that it's like we're just not meant mm. to swim, we're better at athletics, football, basketball, like anything else that's not water-based. And, yeah, it's wow. just it's frustrating because I know that these these lies have been told through racism, in, like, in the past, and it's trickled down, yeah. it's gone through generations. You have generations of parents who don't swim, they never took their children to swim, and they won't take their children. And it's frustrating that this is been allowed to happen to black people and like it's not what we deserve you know swimming look forget the sport just put that to one side swimming is a life skill it is water safety god forbid you ever need to use it in that sense i wouldn't wish that on anybody but that might happen one day and you you need to know how to swim in, in order to be able to save your life or potentially someone else's and i just really want to encourage anybody who's listening please get in and go learn to swim if you if you don't know how to swim if you know how to swim great please go encourage other people to do so I never want anyone to have to use it like that but it is a sad fact that it is needed like that sometimes very rarely but sometimes
0: completely and and you being able to be that voice and that role model it it's like once again going back it's it's really you're under a lot of pressure to have such a big title and such you know really being the start of things and that whole movement but it's so 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 important and yeah massive thank you on behalf of everyone who just needs to hear it I used to swim a lot for my mental health and things like that and fitness since locking my hair though It's fallen off my radar and it's the whole elephant in the room about black hair and swimming and things like that. And I think for a lot of black women, it might be one of the reasons why we don't swim as much as our white counterparts. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on that and how you navigate your hair and swimming.
1: Yeah, so I've had quite like a love-hate relationship with my hair over the whole of my swimming career, basically. I love it now, but there have been many times when I was younger, where I absolutely hated it. We used to relax my hair, and I was just kind of desperate to have it straight. You know, I was desperate to not have an afro, to just kind of disregard that part of me. And it's something that I wouldn't wish on anybody, like hating some part of yourself that you frankly can't change. I won't bash anyone for using relaxers either, you know. I do believe it can be done in a very healthy way. I just wasn't doing it in a healthy way. I'd only do it twice a year, so already someone's going to be like, okay, yeah, you're you're probably not doing it enough. But then on top of that, with the chlorine water and... Like swimming nine times a week. It was just a lot to manage. And I eventually got the big chop in 2018.
0: So you decided to you decided to do the big chop because you wanted to start afresh naturally, away from the relaxer. Okay, got you. Yeah. Yeah. I
1: went to this lovely hairdresser in Birmingham and she did finger curls for me. And I just I really felt like I'd unlocked a part of myself that I'd been neglecting for so long. And I felt like I'd found a part of my identity that had been lost or hidden for, for ages. And I was just, I was really happy for it. I discovered an puff, and I've been living and swearing by that for the past, oh my God, four years now. It's been four years. I absolutely love braids, as you can tell. I'm definitely a braids girl. And in terms of like how I manage it with swimming, I, I'm not very good at doing my own hair. I'm not going to lie. I would use the word cornrow slash cane but I feel like it's offensive to that hairstyle. That's how bad they are.
0: What, the, what the way that you do it?
1: <laughs> yeah, basically, I just tie it all back. So it's like knitted down. I do four to the back. And then I'm able to get my swimming cap on over that. It's no, it's no stress. I put loads of product in it beforehand. I rinse it out after every session. I'm swimming 10 times a week. So realistically, I don't have the kind of time to take it out, reproduct it and replat it at the end of every day like yeah it's and I've had hairdressers tell me I've got good healthy hair like genuinely good healthy hair I don't think they were saying it just to be nice I think they meant I hope they meant it yeah honestly I want to I want to say to my my black women my black men who and you you yourself
0: you can swim with your hair amazing yeah literally no excuses now right no, no. I could be making these excuses. oh I can't do it because my, my hair, hair. My and hair. You've just, yeah, you just shut it all down it's possible it is it's Speaking of all your sort of like new black swimmers guide to hair and all of that, I'd love to speak about the association you co-founded back in 2020 called the Black Swimmers Association. Tell us what the main reason was for this.
1: We got four of us together, myself included. And if this was in about 2019 in October. We and created, We created a group chat. We're all involved in swimming in different aspects. Myself, an elite swimmer. We had a former elite swimmer, a man who was just learning to swim at the time and a woman who has created a like a swim a swim scarf basically and we all got together in this whatsapp group and we were like just talking about how annoyed we were with everything you know the the stereotypes, the lies that you see in the media, these horrible comments online, the stuff that we faced in elite swimming, the stuff that people are facing when trying to get into swimming. And we were kind of like, someone needs to do something about this. And then we were like, okay, why not us? Why not Like, why not us? Danielle, who, who's the woman I told you about, she she's really been like leading the charge. She's doing an amazing job. We have some amazing partnerships with the Isle and I, with Swim England, with Sport England, Sport Wales. And, you know, we're really looking to just Promote safety for everyone in water, but especially black and Asian communities where we have disproportionate amounts of us in club swimming, disproportionate amounts in not getting into lessons, you know, disproportionate amounts of us not swimming, etc, etc. And we're, we're tired of the stereotype that black people can't swim or that, you know, when you hear that someone's tragically drowned... And then reading the comments underneath the newspaper, being like, oh, what do you expect? They're black. Like, wow. Like, yeah, honestly, like like disgusting comments. These are the views that people in society are holding. And we really want to challenge that, change those narratives, and stop people thinking that this is an okay way to approach non-white people in swimming. And we're looking to be that voice which bridges the aquatic community with black and Asian communities and make sure that that, that we're heard at, at the levels that we need to be heard at, both at you know absolute grassroots of just taking your first steps into water on all the way up to elite levels you know it's a multi-layered approach and we need to make sure that everyone is represented
0: 100 i'm just such a, it's such an amazing thing that you're doing it's such an important thing that everyone needs to learn and needs to hear and i'm so behind you on the whole thing i can't wait to go and get my extra extra large swimming hat and get out there So just to finish off, what are you doing today that you in 20 years will be thankful for?
1: Wearing SPF on my face and my
0: neck. Yes. Nice. I saw
1: it on, I know it's a bit of a controversial page, but I saw it on a certain page on Instagram of a woman's face where she'd been using SPF on her face, but not her neck. Oh my God, the difference. Yeah. I was like... I was like, okay, okay. I was using it on my neck anyway, but I was like, okay, I need, if I didn't need anything else, this is going to do it for me. So using SPF and drinking water.
0: Nice. Love that top tip thank you Alice it was so so good speaking to you today I feel like I could genuinely be chatting with you for hours it was amazing hearing about everything you're doing for swimming and representation as a black woman in your sport
1: thank you it's been a dream honestly when I got the invite I was like I have like this is just sick like you said full circle and oh I'm so grateful I'm so grateful for
0: the opportunity thank you check out the Galdem social channels at Galdem Zine for more on swimming and the importance of representation in this sport. Don't forget you can download the Nike app to hear from inspiring young women driving change today. Thank you so much for listening. I have been your host Tanuke and this is Move Out Loud. Big love.